Hey friend, in today's episode we are digging into hunger. We're going to be talking about some of the hormones that impact our hunger, can make us feel hungry and at the end of the episode I'm going to leave you with three top tips of how to take back control over your hunger so that you can stay on track with your weight loss goals. And before we dig into today's episode, I would just like to encourage you, if you have not left us a review, please scroll down. If you are in iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It's one of the few ways that I actually know that you enjoy the show, and it really does help other people to find this podcast as well. So thank you in advance, and let's get started. Hey friend, welcome to the Fit Productive Mom podcast. I'm your host SJ. I'm an outspoken women's health advocate, productivity guru, daughter of the king, and a 40-something mom to a sassy independent daughter. If you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, and hate what you see in the mirror, then that stops right here. I'm here to arm you with the knowledge you need to better understand your mind and body so that you can live a life free of diets, fitness fads, and comparison. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, to reconnect with your body and be a present productive parent, then this is the podcast for you. Grab that superfood smoothie and let's dig in. Hello, hello, how are you? I hope you are doing well. Oh my goodness, I am recording this on one of those really cold, wet, drizzly weekends in England where I am just wishing and praying for some sunshine to come soon. But I hope you are having an amazing week and today we are looking at hunger because let's be honest, it's one of those things when you are on a weight loss journey, if you're trying to beat the old belly fat, controlling your hunger when you are trying to take back control of your your diet, your exercise and all of those things can be a real challenge and it's often one of the things that can like lead us to give up on our weight loss, on our health and fitness journeys and it can also be really challenging and I am saying this from a personal perspective because I am not good when I am hungry and for me it's one of those lessons that I have learned often the hard way that I need to make sure that I am regulating my hunger so that I do not turn into like some kind of crazy Medusa mum because I'm so hungry and let's be honest we know what our kids are like when they're hungry and we don't want to be in the same boat. So today we're going to be talking about hunger hormones, how we can better understand them so that if weight loss is your goal, it will help you to lose weight. It will also help you if you are perhaps on a journey where you are trying to put on weight as well, because the hormones in our body really impact everything that we do. And we know that our hormones are crucial to the way that we feel, the way, the energy that we have on a day-to-day basis. But also if you are somebody who struggles to put on weight, then understanding your hunger is also going to be really helpful to you as well. And if you are somebody who is on the perimenopause, menopause journey, like I am, and you are trying to beat that 
abdominal belly fat that just seems to kind of creep up out of nowhere during this period in our life, then understanding this information is going to be of huge benefit to you as well. So let's dig into a little bit of the science and then I'm going to leave you with some really juicy tips at the end of this episode. So first of all, when it comes to your hunger, there are four key players. And the four key hormones, and I hope I say these right, the first one is ghrelin, leptin, pancreatic polypeptide, and adiponectin. And I really hope that I've said that right. But I'm going to focus on the first two because those are the ones that are particularly important to us when we're thinking about hunger and also relate quite a lot to the tips that I'm going to give you at the end of this episode. So let's talk about ghrelin and it's spelled G-H-R-E-L-I-N. So hopefully I've pronounced it right. And this is a hormone that your stomach produces and releases. And it signals to your brain when your stomach is empty and when it's time to eat. So it's a really important hormone from that perspective. Now, of course, like ghrelin is going to increase between mealtimes as your stomach breaks down the food and the food passes from your stomach into your intestines, your Um, ghrelin is then going to be released and as your stomach contents decrease it will let your brain know that you are hungry and it's time to start eating again. So between meal times that's when you're going to experience higher ghrelin in your body and obviously eating (laughs) reduces the concentration of ghrelin. Now different nutrients slow down ghrelin like the release of ghrelin to different degrees. So carbohydrates and proteins restrict the production and and the release of ghrelin to a greater extent than fats. So already as you're listening to me, you're thinking, okay, so carbohydrates and protein mean that your body is less likely to produce as much ghrelin than if you are consuming fat. So that might be something to start thinking about. Now, another trigger of ghrelin is sleep deprivation. This triggers production of ghrelin. So if you want to naturally reduce ghrelin levels in the body, you're going to have to think about getting your sleep on track. And we know this, don't we? Like if you're a mum and you had a baby, (laughs) those early days where you are sleep deprived and you are literally like just eating whatever you can. I mean, I remember those days with Chloe. I was just so, so tired. I was living off Diet Coke and chocolate and you just literally feel like you're hungry all the time, particularly if you're breastfeeding as well. You're just so, so hungry because you're so tired. And when you're sleep deprived, your body is going to want to eat food. And what we automatically go for when we're sleep deprived is high calorie fatty processed foods because they're going to give our body what it needs really quickly. So we're going to dig into this in a, at the end of the episode with the three tips I'm going to give you. But for now, if you um, want to reduce the amount of ghrelin in your body, you need to, and you know, you can roll your eyes at me over there, you need to eat a healthy, fibre-rich diet and you need to consume enough protein, you need to exercise, you need to get enough sleep and you need to minimise stress. 
and (laughs) I know I know like you're probably sat there like totally rolling your eyes at me going my kids get sick I've got a job I get it like I am with you I am on this crazy motherhood roller coaster and hormone roller coaster with you and it's one of the reasons when I had Chloe I realized quite quickly that one of the key things for me was sleep and I prioritize sleep and I know when people tell you sleep when your baby sleeps and I was like well when my baby sleeps I want to clean my house and I actually learned very quickly that my house being clean really wasn't that important but actually I was far better when I had had a good night's sleep and when I started handing over some of the responsibilities to other people and prioritizing my sleep and I can honestly say Like one of the tactics that we um, put into place, if you like, when Chloe was a newborn was I would literally go to bed at like seven o'clock and her dad would look after her. He would feed her. um, We like tag teamed basically. So I would go to bed really, really early in a darkened room. So I had like all the blackout blinds on because she was born in the summertime. And I would go to bed in a darkened room and I would sleep from sort of seven seven o'clock at night through till midnight. And then he would go to bed and I would be ready to do the night feeds and the changes and that sort of thing. But what that actually meant was on average, I ended up with somewhere between like four, maybe even five hours a night of actual solid sleep. And as soon as I did that, it was just like, it just changed everything for me because I knew that I was going to get a decent block of sleep and I like I said I was in like a blackout room I even actually put earplugs in as well it was quite challenging for me to go to sleep because I was like you know on hyper alert listening for Chloe when she was so small but I had to give myself that opportunity and I know like not everybody has that luxury and that sort of thing but if you've got help take advantage of it get the sleep. I always think if you prioritize sleep above everything else, the rest of it will come. The healthy eating, the wanting to exercise, the energy levels, all of those things are so much easier when you have had sleep. Okay, now let's go on and find out a little bit more about this second hormone that I mentioned earlier called leptin. Now leptin is a bit different from ghrelin. It's a hormone that's released from fat cells. in fat tissue known as adipose tissue. Now leptin does not affect food intake from meal to meal but instead it acts to alter food intake and control your energy expenditure over the long term. Leptin levels are linked to estrogen and as estrogen declines it has an impact on the regulation of leptin. Now leptin has a more profound effect when we lose weight and when we lose weight because this hormone is released from fat cells as you lose fat the levels of the hormone fall. Now the challenge is the here is because that then stimulates a huge appetite and that increased food intake that we have which is often one of the reasons why if you have done a really really calorie restrictive diet and you lose weight quite quickly your body's releasing this hormone thinking oh my gosh like there's no food we need to eat everything um your body goes into this sort of like panic state of 
right, we need to eat food. And it's really easy to like, you know, like you're only human. Your body is like doing what it's supposed to be doing and trying to protect you and try and look after you, which is one of the reasons why these calorific, um, these calorie restricted diets don't work and why you lose weight quickly and then you end up putting it back on and some because your body is just trying to get itself into a natural state and it's trying to look after you and trying to protect you. So this hormone, it helps us to maintain what is like a normal healthy weight. And so obviously if you are on a diet, it can make it hard to lose those extra pounds. Now, leptin is an appetite suppressant. So when everything works the right way, it helps you to maintain a healthy weight by balancing the amount of food you eat with how much fat you have. So high leptin in your body tells your brain your fat cells are full, which makes you less hungry. So this is why, and I bang on about calorific calorie restricting diets this is why you need to lose weight slowly and consistently because if you are you know maybe you're trying to lose that belly fat maybe you're 10 pounds overweight you want to be doing that slowly and carefully and in a healthy way because this hormone is going to freak out <laughs> in your body if you try and crash diet and lose 10 pounds in a week. It's just going to have some kind of like massive meltdown. It's going to think that everything is out of whack and it's going to really, really stimulate like this massive hunger. And you're going to find that really, really difficult not to give into because it's how your body is meant to work. So please, my friend, if you are on a weight loss journey, you need to make sure that you are doing it slowly and carefully and in a healthy way. Now, this of course is just scratching the surface, but I think it's important to understand these two hormones just to help you to have a better knowledge of what is going on with your body, why you feel hungry, why it can often be a challenge to lose weight. And I'm going to finish off by leaving you with three things you can do and you can start doing right now that are going to help you to work better with these hormones so that you can achieve the health, the fitness, the weight loss goal, whatever it is that you want to achieve. Because as I always say on this podcast, it's about knowing your body, understanding it and figuring out what it is that is going to work best for you. So the first tip, and I think this is definitely like my number one most incredible tip and it's something that I have learned myself it's something that I've been doing for a while now and it really really has helped my hunger it's helped my body the first one drum roll please is to eat protein because as I alluded to earlier when I was talking about ghrelin protein does make you feel more full I challenge you to think about what you ate yesterday And I would definitely expect that the majority of your diet was probably more carbohydrate based than it was protein. And I am not here to say that you shouldn't be eating carbs because you absolutely should be. But in our diets, it's really easy to not eat enough protein. And the sort of recommendations in a lot of the literature and information that I'm reading 
and the courses that I'm doing when it comes to perimenopause and menopause in particular is that we want to be aiming for 30 grams of protein per meal. Now that isn't 30 grams of food that is going to give you protein it's 30 grams of protein now just to give you an idea two eggs if you have like eggs for breakfast for example two eggs gives you about 18 grams of protein so if you're having two eggs for breakfast that's a great start but you'll definitely want to go and think about how you can increase that 18 grams to 30 grams of protein and that might look like having a protein smoothie or having some lean bacon or just some other form of healthy protein, some turkey sausage or, you know, some, I don't know, some chicken or whatever it is that works for you. Just have a think about how you can increase those levels of protein in the meals that you have. And 13 grams actually like so many of us really tend to lean on carbohydrates, um, particularly in the morning, maybe you are having like cereal for breakfast. And then when you come to have your lunch, you're having like a sandwich with maybe a small amount of protein in it. And it isn't actually until we have our evening meal where we tend to eat more protein. I've been doing this particularly um, the, the real notice and the real change that I have found is that when I'm eating around 30 grams of protein for breakfast, I really am not struggling with hunger when it comes up to lunchtime. And then the same if I am making sure that I'm eating a good amount of protein at lunchtime. When it comes to three o'clock where I would almost be ready to like chew my arm off, I, I am hungry, definitely hungry, but it hasn't been that real kind of like, oh gosh, I need to eat everything sort of hunger. So that has been a real, real help for me. And, you know, if you're thinking, oh gosh, like this is gonna cost me lots of money. Yes, okay, I, I get it. Like food is more expensive. There's lots of ways that you can find a protein. I mean, I, I think breakfast can often be probably one of the more challenging ones. So if you're maybe having eggs for breakfast, maybe you could find a good like yogurt that has a high level of protein in it and avoid like my, my advice for that. If you're thinking about, you know, having some yogurt, try and avoid um, the no fat options because those are just loaded with protein um just loaded with sugar sorry and what you want to be looking at is having a look at the label and seeing what the percentages are of protein and sugars and how much protein you're getting per portion is probably going to be higher if you are having one that is like the normal like full fat option and honestly it's not bad for you it we're kind of like led to believe particularly with products like this that the no fat option is better but actually if you're trying to increase your levels of protein the that option is is often better for you because it's not loaded with sugar you've got some you know some fats in there you've also got a good quality protein and always when it comes to food and things like that it's buying the best that you can afford you know not everybody's got the budget for you know organic and you know grass fed and all of these sorts of things but if you are being wise when you're shopping and making wise choices reading your labels then you're going to 
you know that will take you a long long way you'll probably notice some differences really really quickly now earlier as well when I was talking about breakfast like one of my top tips for breakfast really is in terms of getting your protein is to actually use some form of like protein powder smoothie again with these things you get what you pay for there is a lot of rubbish out there one of my key pieces of advice is don't buy it from the supermarket or the big like the big store where you do your grocery shopping go to a proper like whole foods store in the UK there's places like Holland and Barrett I'm not sure what they're called for you guys in the US and the rest of the world um but I have actually made your life easier I have linked a really clean good quality affordable product in the show notes it comes in chocolate or vanilla I've linked them both I really suggest if you want to save some money buy the double pack so I've linked that in the show notes for you and it is one of the ones that I personally use myself okay so that's protein eating protein because it helps you to feel more full that's going to impact your ghrelin levels Number two is to eat food in its most natural state. And this again is going to impact the levels of ghrelin and the the size of your stomach, how full your stomach is. And if you think it like this, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Okay, because if you were to eat a whole apple and you go through the process of chewing that apple, eating that apple you think about how much space that is going to take up in your stomach compared to if you were to puree that apple or if you were to like blend it or I don't know like you know squeeze the juice out of it you're going to it's going to take up less space in your stomach but you're going to get like the same amount of calories and I think this is where it's really important to remember this particularly when it comes to processed food versus food in its most natural state because the more natural your food is it's gonna be less calorific it's gonna take up more space in your stomach so you're gonna feel more full for longer and it's going to give you and your body like more of the minerals the vitamins all of those like fiber all of those good things that comes from eating food in its most natural state and if you think about it it really does make more sense it it makes perfect sense doesn't it if you think about a fillet of fish like and how big or how small that is But if you take that and you then mix that fish into like a fish cake and you add in, you know, like breadcrumbs and all of those sorts of things, you know, it's more calorific and those extra extra like additives aren't quite so beneficial for you. So eating food in its most natural state is definitely going to help you to feel more full. And then obviously that is going to have an impact on your weight because the more full you feel, the less you need to eat those those foods in their more natural state are less calorie dense so you can eat more of them and they have less calories so it really does like it's a win-win situation and also that's then going to impact the levels of leptin in your body because although you are feeling full your body's not going to be releasing as much ghrelin but you're going to be losing weight but you're going to be losing weight slowly So it's going to help your body to kind of maintain that healthy weight, which is what we're looking for. 
Okay, number three, my last top tip is to drink your water. Now, water takes up space in your stomach. And I'm not suggesting that you just drink water and you don't eat food. But it's quite important to remember that we really don't, on the whole, drink enough water. Like tea and coffee and wine <laughs> do not count, I'm afraid. It's drinking water, like in its most like natural state, most natural form, without adding squash or juices or any of these things. I mean, first of all, so many of those contain sugar. And um, when I took Chloe to the dentist the other day, I got a really big pat on the back from the dentist because her teeth were in really good condition because I don't let her drink anything other than water. She's not allowed juices or squashes or anything like that. So, you know, not only am I sort of like helping her to you know, like avoid childhood obesity, but I'm also like helping to protect her teeth. But for us as adults as well, you think about all of these hidden calories in the things that we drink, like Coca-Cola, wine. I always say that I prefer to eat my calories than to drink them. So making sure that you're drinking water not only helps to take up space in your stomach, but it's so easy for our bodies to misread the signs of thirst for hunger. Okay, so we have got two hormones that we've been talking about today. So we've been talking about ghrelin and leptin. And then I've left you with three ways to work with your hormones so that you can reduce hunger and stay on track with your weight loss goals. And I suggested that you eat more protein, you eat food in its most natural state and you drink your water. Now, I hope you found today's episode helpful and interesting. If you did, please leave me a review on iTunes, a five-star written review. It helps other people to find the podcast. But if you need more help and you need some extra support around the foods that you're eating, maybe you do have a weight loss goal in mind, but you don't know how to achieve it. Or perhaps you've tried all of the different diets and all of the different exercise plans and you've not had any success. Then I would really invite you to take advantage of the Productive Mum Fitness Framework. And this framework is really unique because not only does it help you with your health and your exercise, it helps you take back control of your schedule. Now, having been a personal trainer and working in the fitness industry for so many years, one of the common challenges the women I have worked with that have faced is finding the time to do the exercise and to do the healthy eating. So this is where the framework is different because that is the first thing that we address. I teach you how to take control of your schedule, to prioritize the tasks. I teach you ways that you can get organized. I teach you some systems that you can use at work and at home. And the the outcome from that is that you are going to get more done in less time, which then means you can free up the space in your schedule for your exercise, for your meal planning, for your meal prepping, so that you can achieve those goals that you have. There is also a bonus unit, which is all around cycle syncing. So you can really dig into that to find out more about your hormones, how your diet and exercise and your to-do list can be linked to your hormones so that you can be more productive and be working with your body rather than against it, you get those two online courses. You also get my two downloadable planners. So you get the She Rises planner, 
And that is the daily planner where you can do all your time blocking, your meal prepping, write your notes, like all of those day-to-day organizations, your to-do lists, all of the things in there. And then you also get my fitness planner, which is the planner that you can use to schedule in your exercise, to track your workouts, to keep a record of any healthy recipes. You get those as well. And all of that on top of four one-to-one coaching sessions with me as we go through this process together. We kick off by looking at your goals. We then get and dig into your schedule and help you to find the time for your exercise. And then the extra coaching sessions are where I'm gonna help you to tweak your routines, your exercise, your nutrition, so that you achieve the goal that you want to achieve. And to help you stay on track and to support you and motivate you, hold you accountable, you also have access to me for three months via Voxer as we're going through the one-to-one coaching process just to help there and to be that personal trainer in your pocket. Okay, there is a lot there. There are some amazing resources. The online programs on their own are insane. The downloadable planners are really gonna help you to take the information from that course and actually make it fit your life. And then you're also gonna have one-to-one coaching with me and I am gonna hold your hand and go through this process with you. Now, all of that is available by clicking the link in the show notes. And not only that, I have also made it super affordable and there is a payment plan that you can take advantage of as well. Okay, my friend, I really hope you loved today's episode. I hope you found it helpful. If you are enjoying these episodes, please come over and tell me, leave me a review or jump into my emails. I wanna know how I can help you. What can I do to be supporting you to help you achieve those health and fitness goals? Are you loving the stuff around hormones? Come and tell me. Anyway, have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. I hope you loved today's episode and that you learned something and I pray it blessed you in some way. If so, take a moment to share this with a friend and I would love it if you could take just 30 seconds for me to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it's the only way I know you like the show and I love hearing from you too. 